Listening to the Employment Hour on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. That's right, you are. It is 708, and we are live here Wednesday. The flagship uh, program here for the Employment Hour is uh, usual host John Scholes is off to, or uh, likes to say, I'm Ryan Bonner in for John. Uh, we do have Lior Sanfuer, the employment lawyer, here with us. And of course, he's answering any questions you have about your uh, workplace situation. Maybe you're being harassed, or you've, uh, you've unfortunately just been left let go. It does happen. Even even before Christmas, uh, these things do happen. And if you have any questions whatsoever, we are taking your calls live here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and 980 CFPL in London. Uh, to call, it's 416-870-6400 or one 225 And uh, we will get to your calls. And uh, Lior, we will get to the week that was as well. But do you uh, want to start off with some kind of interesting news, uh, political news here? Well, you know, Ryan, there's there's certainly always uh, always a lot of news to to report, and and you know we're really here to always talk about employment law and and workplace rights, and to educate and inform our audience about things that they need to know. Uh, you know, we we've uh, we've heard we've read stories uh, about uh, 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 you know about police officers. We've heard stories about uh, you know how how they're treated, and you know these things. You know, I don't want to get political here, but Never, no. if you have any questions, any issues, give us a call. Let's talk about that. Let's make sure that we answer those questions. And you know what I'd like to do, so kind of rev us up here and get us warmed up. Let me let me tell you about a couple situations, Ryan, that uh, crossed my desk over the past uh, few days. Uh, first situation, I spoke with a gentleman that unfortunately got injured at work, and uh, he, he was you know lifting something, uh, and, and it fell on him, hurt his back, hurt his leg, so you know fairly significant injury. Uh, as soon as that happened, he, he went, uh, reported it to his employer, and what his employer said is, we don't want you to apply to WSIB, work with us, we'll accommodate you, we'll help you out, we'll give you whatever you need, just don't apply to WSIB. Uh, and sometimes an employer may say that because they don't want it to increase their premiums. Uh, so he thought, okay, fine. But then when he didn't get better, he went to see his doctor. And his doctor said, no, no, you got to apply to WSIB because uh, this may be a serious thing. You may need to be off work for a while. He did apply for WSIB. He got approved and, in fact, was off work for two months. Now, when he comes back from work first day, guess what's waiting for him, Ryan? A termination letter. No. Uh, on first day back, uh, no reason given, no reason uh, at all, even just if he's he done. Asked. Absolutely, you're just gone, you're out of here. Uh, he calls me, and he wants to know, what, what can I do? Is this legal? So let's break this down. First of all, Ryan, the question of, or the request, I should say, the demand, if you will, of not to apply to WSIB in and of itself is illegal. Your company can ask you, demand, uh, request that, that you not apply to WSIB. That's illegal. Uh, and, and beyond that, they can punish you for applying. So right off the bat, this company does the wrong thing by trying to put pressure on, on him not to apply. Uh, he has to apply. It's his obligation, and they can prevent that. Now, how do they make it worse? Well, they fire the guy when he comes back from WSIB. So it's clear kind of what, what's happening here is that they're letting him go either because of his medical condition or more likely because they're upset that he applied to WSIB. You cannot do that. That is illegal. That is something that a company, uh, uh, if, if it does, the law is going to come down hard on them. And to make, make things worse, uh, Ryan, this guy worked there for six years. They offered him two months' pay. Uh, he was owed probably eight months' pay. So this company got it all wrong. And I wanted to bring this up here to remind employees and employers that, first of all, if you have an injury at work, you, you can, you have to, in fact, apply to WSIB. You can't be punished for that. You can't be fired. You can't be threatened. 
if that happens, Ryan, uh, that's illegal, and they really got to give me a call. Uh, and this guy did the right thing, and, and it's an easy step. Uh, they can give you a shout at one 855 821 or email you uh, help at com. But it, it's a simple as just... Uh, bringing these questions to you and then you you know you can tell them yes that was legal or no that wasn't or here's what you should do next it's 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 really that simple exactly it's 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 simple there's, there's no such thing as a bad question and you know for this gentleman thankfully because he called i can now move forward and helping him and hopefully get him the compensation that he's owed and in the process hopefully teach the company a lesson as well and we, uh, I, as I mentioned at the top, we are taking your calls tonight. We are live at 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, or one 225 8255 and your calls are a priority here on the Employment Hour. And we kick things off with uh, David in Toronto. And David, you have a, a question for Lior, just about he, uh, what he was uh, just talking about there. I do, yeah, Lior. Like, I know the, it's obviously, sounds like it's still pending. I just want to yes. know what you, what you think you might get for the guy. I'm dying to hear a number because I've had a, I've had a bad day. <laughs> well, okay. Well, that's a good question, David. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll give you an, an idea. So, I, I, first of all, I think that just on, on the easy front, on the severance front, that's before we even talk about WSAB, he's probably owed eight months' pay, okay, and, instead of the two months that they've offered him. But beyond that, this could potentially be a human rights uh, issue. Uh, this could also be what we call a reprisal. And I don't know, the values for those, depending on the case, can vary anywhere from, uh, you know, twenty-five to $100,000. So what's he going to get? I don't know yet, but uh, obviously I'm going to try to, uh, to, to make it as good for him as possible, hopefully. To get him a, a good Christmas gift, yeah. You got it, my friend. That, yeah. that, that's the idea. And, and you know, it, it's really not about enriching him. You know, he's not going to retire off this. But the law is the law, and they have obligations, and he has rights. And they're the ones that did something wrong. And you know what? That comes with a cost. Hey, uh, David, I uh, appreciate the phone call there. Thank you very much. And, uh, again, you know, Lior people just calling up and, uh, and, and asking you kind of uh, the, the process, the steps involved. And many, oftentimes it's not that complicated, right? It is not complicated. More often than not, when it comes to employment law, it's not. Uh, it's good for me because I probably wouldn't be brighter, uh, too bright enough to, uh, to if it was like rocket science. <laughs> employment law I can handle, so by all means, call me. No bad questions. Always, always good to answer those questions, so no hesitation. And 416-870-6400. And, of course, uh, confidentially, you can always call me or 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. John in Toronto, you're up next. What's your question for Lior? My question is, are you better off in a new employment agreement if the, if, it, if the matter of termination is silent on compensation on termination to just leave it, to agree to, sil- to leave it silent because more often than not, they're going to try to get lower than what the law will, will, give, will give an employee? Excellent question, John. So let me kind of rephrase it for, for our, our listeners. So what, what John is asking is, are we better off in an employment agreement to have the employment agreement address the issue of termination, or are we better off to have it say nothing about termination? And the answer to that is clear and it's simple, is you are far better off to have the employment agreement say absolutely nothing about termination. The reason for that, for John and and for everyone listening, is if your employment agreement doesn't say anything about termination, that means that the law jumps in and the law dictates what you get, and the law is quite generous when it comes to termination and severance. So oftentimes what an employment agreement tries to do is is, uh, tries to limit your severance entitlements. The employer is trying to use that to save money. So wait a second. I, I, if I let John go, instead of having to pay him 12 months pay, I only want to pay him eight weeks pay. So 
they can do that in an employment agreement. So for the vast majority of people, you would rather have an employment agreement that does not say anything about termination entitlements, that does, that does not limit your entitlements. That's your best case scenario. You have the full protection of the law in that situation, John. And if they do try to push a clause in, is it reasonable to say something as simple as what fair mark, what's the, what fair market would dictate? Well, are you talking, by the way, John, uh, in a, uh, about a situation where you were uh, being hired into a new job? Or are you talking about a yes, situation? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. So obviously anything is negotiable. It's it's a question of how you negotiate it. I, I don't want you to go to your your new employer and say, this is a, a farce. This is horrible. How dare you? Uh, you know, I mean, if you do that, you're going to turn them off. I would rather talk to them professionally and say, you know what, I'm concerned about job security. That's what this is. And I'd rather not have something there that limits my entitlement. If you have to have something in the employment agreement, if they're not willing to eliminate it altogether, then you want to have something that's generous. And, you know, what I would say for many people, a, a termination term that would be good would be something that gives you a base of, let's say, I don't know, two months pay. Uh, if you're let go, plus an additional one month for every year of service uh, to a maximum, say, of, I don't know, 18 months, something like that. Uh, ultimately, if your employer won't uh, change it and there's a very restrictive termination clause, you have to make a decision whether you accept the job or not. If you are in a situation, though, and you're not sure if you're, you should be concerned about your employment agreement, give me a call off air. Let me read it. Let me tell you what it means, what it does, and if you should be concerned about it. Thank you. All right, there uh, there you go, John. And the number to call Lior at is 1-855-821-5900, or you can shoot him an email, help at employmenthour.com. And uh, we're still taking your calls here, 416-870-6400 or one 225 8255 live here this uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, Leo, let's get into uh, forced resignations here. And these are situations where an employee, uh, you're given no choice but to resign. And and let's start off uh, with with the first kind of question about this topic. What is a real resignation and and, and does one get severance if they resign? So this is a very important topic because you you would think, oh, a resignation is simple. I decide not to work for a company. I've resigned. Well, it's not that simple. Uh, and, and many employees and employers get this wrong. So let's be very clear. A real resignation, okay, is a resignation that someone does voluntarily and unilaterally. In other words, you can only legally resign. It's legally considered a resignation if you've decided for your own reasons you don't want to work for the company, not because you felt that you had to, not because someone told you that you had to. If you decided maybe I I want to work somewhere else or I want to change careers or go back to school or retire, no problem. If you do it voluntarily, if you do it unilaterally, that's a resignation. You're allowed to do that. And in that situation, you're not owed severance because you made the decision to leave. No problem. What we want to talk about are situations where the person says, I'm, I'm quitting, but they're doing that for a reason. They're doing that not because they all of a sudden decided they don't want to work there anymore. They're doing it because something happened that made them do that. Those are not real resignations, and that's what we want to talk about. Yeah, okay. So what happens if an employee is then told to resign or else? That's what their employer says to them. Well, if your employer does it, you have to resign or else, and as a result, you resign. That is not a termination. Sorry, that is not a resignation. It is actually a termination. Because if your employer tells you, if you don't resign, I'm going to fire you, well, your employer has decided that you're not going to be working there anymore. Whether you say it's a resignation or a termination, the employer has decided that. So if you're not going to be working there anymore because your employer made that decision, 
even if you're the one that says I'm, I'm leaving, that is still in the eyes of the law a termination, which means you get your full severance. Even if your employer says, if you don't uh, resign, I'm going to suspend you. So they're not even threatening to fire, they're threatening something else. Even in that situation, because you're not resigning voluntarily, that is still not a resignation. That becomes a termination. So anytime your employer says resign or else, the law considers that to be a termination, even if you resign. And that's important because you get your full severance. And remember, your full severance can be significant. It could be as much as two years pay. So, and I've acted in my, in my years for literally hundreds of people that quote unquote resigned but really what they were facing with, facing was a termination, and they were out severance. one 821 5900 is a confidential number to get Lior at or help at employmenthour.com. Uh, we'll talk more about forced resignations, uh, get into some emails as well, and of course, priority numero uno are your phone calls here live Wednesday evening on the Employment Hour, uh, 416-870-6400 or 1-888-888. 225-8255. We'll be back with employment lawyer Leor Sanfira here, Global News Radio 640 Toronto and 980 CFPL in London. You're listening to the Employment Hour on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're back at it here, 724 on the Employment Hour. Ryan Bonner with you. We are live here as is uh, the employment lawyer, Lior Samfiru. Help at employmenthour.com is the email to get him at. So with any questions you have about your workplace rights, whether or not uh, something that your employer done, is it legal or not? Any of your questions, you're being harassed, you've been offered a severance package, maybe your hours have been cut back or uh, your boss is withholding uh, commission payments. Uh, Lior is here to answer your questions. You can call him anytime. Confidentially, 1-855-821-5900. Uh, we'll get to some emails, uh, talk more about forced resignations, but of course, your calls come first. And up next, uh, Lior, we have Jeffrey and Maple. How can we help you uh, tonight, Jeffrey? So I have a, actually, I just realized it's a two-part question, but it's from an employer's point of view. So we have salesmen who are strictly commissioned. And I'm wondering, because uh, in the past I listen all the time and you say you're not allowed to alter an employee's salary dramatically. Or I'm wondering, what would what is that threshold? Because if we have two situations, one being... Uh, we just we look at a review accounts and we discover some business is just not profitable enough and we want to eliminate it. So um, you're asking me how much you could change compensation before it yeah, becomes like a where, problem. Where's the, where do you draw the line on changing the compensation that it becomes possibly wrongful dismissal? Like since they're strictly 100% commission, they get, you know, it's only what they sell. There's no base salary. So that let's say we review accounts and we go, you know what? This, this account is just not profitable. You know, we're just not making any money and, and you know, going forward, we just can't really sustain this kind of thing. Like, what is the threshold where, you know, you could eliminate it and, and it not be wrongful dismissal because you've dramatically, let's say you've changed it too much, the compensation. Excellent questions, Jeffrey, and, and this is important for employers and employees, frankly. So, so let's, let, let me answer it. First of all, if you have a history of doing this with employees, so in the past you've, you've changed commissions up and down, you've eliminated commissions on certain accounts, or you, you know, you've made these changes before and, and, and you, know, you did it and everything was fine with the employees, then arguably you have to, the right to do it again, even if it is a significant change. You've earned the right by doing it before and, uh, and the employees allowing it, you to do it. 
Now, if you haven't done it before, if this is the first time you're going to make these types of changes, then anything that's going to impact the employees beyond 10% of their, so it's going to impact their income downwards 10% or more is is likely to be a constructive dismissal. Now, even a bit less, even if it was you know 7 8%, arguably it could rise to that level, but once you're looking at 10% or more, absolutely it could be a constructive dismissal if that's how if it's going to impact the employees in the pocketbook uh to that effect. The best advice for someone, uh, for employers in this situation, is to be proactive when you hire someone. You want to have an employment agreement that gives you, the employer, the right, the power to make these changes. If you have, if you have an employment agreement with your employee saying we have a right to to alter the commission structure, then you can do that to your heart's content, and you'll never have a constructive dismissal. If you don't have an employment agreement like that, first of all, you should have it. But with respect to your existing employees, once you're starting impacting their compensation 10% or more, uh, you could be in trouble, Jeffrey. Okay. Well, these are all like, you know, 20-year employees, so it's a little late to alter their agreement. Yes, it is. Uh, the second question is slightly different. It's along the same line, but slightly different. So we have an older salesman. Uh, he's probably 70. And um, obviously, you're not allowed to discriminate for age, but we have a certain number, let's say, of accounts where we it's low low margin, so we allow him to do it because he's actually doing not just the salesman, but he's actually taking deliveries, you know, pick, picking the order and taking the stuff to the customer. Okay. And what happens in a situation where he just becomes? unable to do it because of his age. I mean, he's 70 now and, you know, he may be having problems driving sometimes or he's getting on, they can't, you know, whatever. Uh, if we've established in the past to him that the only reason we allowed him to keep the customer was because he was servicing it to that extent, are we obligated because of that, you know, rule that you can't, you know, do anything to people because of their age or health that we're obligated to keep the accounts the way and, and service them ourselves because of you know that situation so if, if he has a, a medical condition whether it's tied to his age or not that prevents him from doing some aspects of his job the, the first obligation that you have is to accommodate in other words you need to find a, a way to allow him to do this job or even find him something a similar job that that he can do given his limitations what that does what it doesn't mean is you don't have to uh have him do half the job and pay him a hundred percent of the salary so if part if part of his job is to to make these deliveries and if he can't make them then you can adjust his compensation accordingly. So it's not one of those situations where he's okay. not doing the job but you're keeping everything the same. You can't obviously fire him for a medical condition unless it's impossible to accommodate. If it is possible to allow him to still service the clients, maybe with some help, maybe uh, maybe changing uh, uh, or uh, changing the customer so that he doesn't have to drive as far, you have to explore those ways to accommodate. But if you can't accommodate him in a reasonable way, you can adjust his compensation to uh, reflect what job he's actually doing. Okay, so we could uh, say, okay, we'll do the deliveries. You don't have to. We'll do them but we're going to take a little compensation away because yeah. of our additional cost. Yeah, you, you, you can do that as long as that's reasonable and as long as, it, it's yeah. the most, uh, as long as there's no better way that makes sense to accommodate, to accommodate them, then yes, you could absolutely do that, Jeffrey. Okay, thank you very much. All right, there you go, Jeffrey. And if you wanted to talk further with Lior about that, because Lior can be tricky, especially when you're dealing with older employees. Sure. You know, 
possible health issues uh, down the road, uh, yeah, you want to make sure you're doing things properly, especially as an employer. one 821 5900 or Jeffrey, help at employmenthour.com. But we'll get back to the calls here. Uh, Terry in Scarborough, uh, what's going on, Terry? Uh, Ryan, uh, Leo, I have a friend who made the mistake of signing an employment agreement without getting legal advice. Right. And the um, the employment agreement... It indicated that she was going to be responsible for staff, but beyond that, it wasn't very specific. Uh, the rest of it was all verbal. It was, you're going to be in charge of nine employees in the GTA, and it was something that uh, she was quite comfortable with. Well, fast forward, second day on the job, they say, oh, by the way, uh, we want you to actually take on some more employees. There's uh, 24 in total, and uh, they're kind of across the province. Are you okay with that? Nice. You know, so uh, she's she's she doesn't know what to do at this point about the whole thing. Uh, you know, does she just go along with it, or she has other opportunities? Does she, does she have any recourse here? So, yeah, that's a very good question. It's a very unfortunate situation, but one that I do see come up when the deal you thought you signed up for is not the reality that you're faced when you show up to work. Well, here's what this means. Obviously, if if there's an agreement that uh, she's going to have a certain role and now they've changed that, uh, that that could be a constructive dismissal, which means they breached the agreement. So if she leaves, she may be owed severance. The question is how much severance, given the fact that she's just started there, uh, depending on the terms of the employment agreement, her entitlements may be very limited because she just started. So it may not be worthwhile for her to pursue this as a constructive dismissal. Here's, though, the other thing that may impact uh, her entitlements. Uh, if because she had this job offer, maybe she left another job. So she had this job offer. Oh, okay, it sounds like a great offer. She left another job. Now it turns out that it's uh, not the job that she wanted, but she, she obviously lost the other job that she quit. She may have additional entitlements because she can actually show that by accepting this job, she lost out on something financially. So if she did lose on, out on something, she may have uh, additional claim for compensation. So what I would want, uh, Terry, is I would like to speak to her. I'd like to find out about the circumstances that came about when she took this job. And I definitely, definitely would want to actually see the employment agreement that she signed with this right. company. Of course, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Terry, she has to give Leora a call. I'll, I'll give you the number here. It's one eight five five eight two one. 5900 or help at employmenthour.com and and Terry that contact information is at employment employmenthour.com if, if she needs it uh, but for employers Lior the old bait and switch it probably isn't the best way to start off the employment relationship no it, no. it, it, it is a terrible way because you know you, right off the bat uh, you've established that maybe you can't be trusted or, or that uh, you can just uh, make changes willy-nilly to the terms of employment not not a good way to start uh, and and I, I do want to say something here is you know, believe it or not, Ryan, even after a few days of employment, if you don't have an employment agreement that limits your entitlement, if you're let go, if you've been constructively dismissed even a few days, you could be owed a few weeks, potentially even a couple of months pay wow. after a few days of employment. That's why it's so important, number one, to get some advice if you're in that situation, but definitely to make sure that there's nothing in your employment agreement that limits your entitlement. Now, a good way for people, maybe they're in Terry's friend's situation or they've been at a company for, you know, 20, 25 years or 10 years, what have you, and they've been let go, or you're, you think you will be let go, maybe in the new year, or you're just curious, you can
can go to severancepaycalculator.com, and, and this thing, Lior, ever since you launched it, uh, does hundreds of views a day, and now we're looking at over 500,000. That's over half a million Canadians have actually used this thing. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Yeah. I, I, uh, I always knew that there's a need for this because I, I speak with people every day, but you know these numbers are overwhelming, and I'm very, very proud of it, and I'm very happy that people are using it. Severancepaycalculator.com. For those that uh, haven't checked it out or don't know what we're talking about, a tool that I created that allows anyone to find out how much they're owed if they lost their job, or maybe they're concerned about losing their job, or they just are curious. So once you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you're going to answer a few questions about your job, uh, what it is, how old you are, how long you've worked, and then you're done. It's going to tell you how many months pay you are owed, what the law says you should be getting if you lose your job, or if you've been constructively dismissed, or if you've been, as we've been saying, forced to resign. That's what the law says. It's free. It's anonymous. There's no strings attached. You don't put your name in. You don't put your company's name in. It's only there for your information. And of course, if you want to contact me once you've gotten your result, there's a little green button there. You can just press it and you can contact me right from there so I can help you get what you're owed. Beautiful. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Now you mentioned forced resignations. Let's get back to it here, Lior, uh, before we jump to another call. Uh, Talking about forced resignations, people are often concerned that it is better off to have resigned uh, than to have been let go from their job should they be concerned about that absolutely not they should not be concerned about that and 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 you know people think that there's something like like a record there's you know it's <laughs> going to be on my record no there's no such thing as a record uh and you know we've heard the term record of employment where would they keep that record you know <laughs> yeah well there, there isn't you know when you lose your job you get a document called the record of employment that document is only relevant with respect to ei applying for employment insurance it, it's there's no such thing as a permanent record it's always if, if you're going to lose your job, you don't want to have resigned again, unless you want to leave voluntarily, because again, you want to you don't want to be in a situation where there's an argument as to why you're not there. You want to be able to get your severance. It's much easier to get your severance if the company lets you go. So if you've been told uh, resign or else, I think your answer should be uh, or I'll take the or else. Thank you. Uh, if you want to let me go, let me go. I'll get my severance, and, and and that's it. That's far better off to do it that way. You're not better off to have resigned. There isn't any any reason why you should be concerned about how this looks on your record. There isn't a record, uh, and and if you haven't done anything that to justify leaving, if you haven't uh, if you haven't decided that you don't want to work there anymore, you're being forced, you're being pushed into a situation where you feel like you don't have a choice. Well, you know what. Let the company do what it needs to do. You're better off not resigning. Uh, and if any questions you have about that or you're being pushed, just reach out to me. one 821 That's the number to get Lior at and help at employmenthour.com. But your calls come first here on the Employment Hour, a live Wednesday night, 416-870-6400 or one 225 talk That's 225-8255. Uh, now, here's an awkward conversation to have, Lior, talking about forced resignations. Uh, your boss tells you you have to resign. What What do you say? How, how do you reply to that? Well, it, 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 it's... You know, it's a bit of a, it's an absurd statement. You have to resign. It, you, it, obviously, once you have to do something, it's not voluntary. And I started off the conversation by saying that a resignation has to be voluntary. So it is an awkward situation. You're absolutely right, Ryan. But the answer to that should be, no, I'm not going to resign. Uh, and if the employer wants to let you go, 
then they, they can let you go and then we deal with it. So the answer is very simple. No, I'm not going to resign. You don't have to resign. I've seen situations where uh, the uh, the employee comes in to work uh, late uh, or maybe they did something wrong, frankly. And the employer says, well, you did something wrong. You have to resign. So the employee says, well, I, I guess I did something I wrong. It, I yeah. got to resign. No, absolutely not. By the way, the fact that you may have done something wrong does not mean you don't get severance, not at all. So, uh, no, let the employer let you go if they have to. That is always better than than resigning when you don't actually want to be resigning. Yeah, I think people often think, you know, I, I was late once for work by 10, 15 minutes, and they let me go. That must be legitimate. Yeah, I did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Not and, that and, easy. And not that easy at all. Remember, uh, uh, Ryan, it's very difficult to let someone go for cause, in other words, without severance. The employee would have had to do something pretty nasty, pretty bad, to to be able to be uh, for to allow the employer to let them go for cause. Being late, having bad performance, even uh, you know, you know, screwing up on a project or something like that. That does not mean that you're going to be let go for cause. That does not mean you can be deprived of severance. The vast majority of people, Ryan, that I speak to, and I speak to people every day, uh, that are supposedly let go for cause. Uh, there isn't cause, and they're owed their full severance, so very important thing to remember. Uh, come on in. The water is warm here as we uh, take your calls and discuss your workplace rights on the Employment Hour, 416-870-6400 or one uh, Any questions about your job, your workplace rights, uh, whether they have to do with a, a disability leave, maternity leaves, uh, you've been offered a severance package, you've been given a couple of days to sign that thing and told, well, you have to decide or else it's off the table. Uh, Lior Sanfiru, employment lawyer, is here to answer those questions on 640 Toronto and 980 CFPL in London. Uh, let's get to a, an email here, Lior. Uh, and this one at help at employmenthour.com is from Lauren. And uh, she writes, my employer refuses to pay me overtime unless my manager approves it. I don't have a choice but to work extra hours because if I don't, I can't get the work done and then I get in trouble. What do I do? Think about it from the perspective of, of the uh, employee here for a second. So they have a job to do, and they're given so much work that they have no choice but to work overtime. But the employer says, we're not going to pay it unless we approve it, and we didn't approve it. So you have to do the work, but you're not going to get paid. It doesn't work that way. The law is actually quite simple. If you have to work overtime to do the job legitimately, you're not just uh, uh, staying late so you can get paid. If you legitimately have to work overtime in order to get the job done, your employer has to pay it even even if the employer did not approve it, okay? If the employer has you work overtime, approved or not, they have to pay it. And remember, Ryan, overtime is paid as time and a half for any hours over 44 hours a week. Whether you're a salaried employee or an hourly employee, it's the same thing. Now, if your employer has a policy that overtime has to be approved, and you, and you work it anyway, they have to pay it. Now, this may be a disciplinary issue. They may say, well, wait a second, we can discipline you for not getting the approval, but they absolutely still have to pay the overtime. What I would advise in that situation is explain to your employer, and again, in writing, in writing, uh, why you have to work the overtime and say that if you're not going to allow me, if you're not going to pay, I'm not going to work it, no problem, but then just so you know, I'm not going to get the job done. Put that in writing because at that point, they have to make a choice either pay you the overtime or accept that you're not going to get the job done. They can't have it both ways. So put that in writing to them. If they punish you, won't pay you overtime, let you go, threaten you, reach out to me, 
your employer has to pay you overtime if you actually work it legitimately. Uh, you've been doing the show for many years, and the one thing that you and John like to repeat is, it's one word repeated three times, document, document, document. It is so important, Ryan. Absolutely. And this is a prime example. Document, put it in writing. Email works so well. You do that, you'll never go wrong. Help at employmenthour.com or 1-855-821-5900 to get in touch with Lior. But we are prioritizing your phone calls here on the Employment Hour at 416-870-6400. And Paul, uh, what's your question for Lior tonight? Oh, hi. Um, how are you? Hey, doing great. My question is, let's assume, um, I don't want to mention any company name, a company owns, you know, products, a software product. It sells, it sells to another company, then it has to send, you know, the company needs to develop the people with it, right? What choice you have as an employee uh, in Canada, if you don't want to go to the company, will they give you a package or, or you have no choice? So uh, the devil's in the detail, Paul. Why, why wouldn't the employee want to go? Is there a reason why the employee doesn't want to go to the new company? company right sorry I, I, I missed that uh, maybe it doesn't want to work for the employee doesn't want to work for their company right because okay the but but there's no reason like yo they're, they're gonna pay me less they're gonna give me less of a job it's just the employee just doesn't want to work there yeah it's more as like reputation and all that you work for this big company you've given all your life then suddenly they sell this product to some small company which has no future or it has no market reputation or anything right because a lot of the time when you work it it depends employers, uh, you know, credibility and all that. Right. Okay. Good question. So because there's an, assuming there's a a job offer from the new company that's on the same terms in terms of compensation and and responsibilities, uh, and the employee doesn't accept it, the employee still gets a severance, but it's going to be a lot less. It's going to be only the minimum amount because of the fact that they could have had a job uh, with the the new company. So let, let me be more specific. How many years of employment for this employee? Yeah, the 20-25. Big company? The, the company that sold the business, big company or small company? Big, big company. So let's say it's if it's 20 years, that would be a 28-week pay that this employee would be getting. Uh, now, remember, their full severance could be two years pay. They're not going to get that, unfortunately. They're only going to get their minimum entitlements, which if it's 20 years, would be 28 weeks pay. So, yes, do they get severance? Yes, but only that minimum uh, minimum amount. I see. All right. Makes sense. Thank you, sir. All right. There you go, Paul. And if you want to get a hold of Lior and talk further, 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Only a couple minutes left here uh, to get your call into Lior. Ask him uh, any questions you have about your workplace rights, whether you're, you're an employee or an employer, asking uh, for yourself or on behalf of a friend or family member, 416-870-6400. Uh, Lior, let's get back to forced resignations here. And uh, question, what if an employee resigns because something happened in the workplace? place uh, that made it very difficult to, to continue working. So what, you, what you're describing, what you're asking about is what we refer to obviously as a constructive dismissal. So a constructive dismissal can happen in, in a number of situations. Uh, one could be when the terms of employment change. So your job changes, your compensation changes, they relocate you uh, somewhere far. In those situations, something's happened. They change the terms of employment. And as a result, if you leave, if you resign as a result, that is still a termination in the eyes of the law, and you get severance. And the reason why that's a termination is because of the fact that you're not, again, resigning because you just don't feel like working there anymore. You're resigning because something's happened. The company made changes to the terms of employment, which were not acceptable, and that's why you're leaving. Now, that's kind of the 
the classic uh, form of constructive dismissal, but there's others. And another uh, common example may be when maybe there's now a poison work environment. You're being mistreated, harassed. It's difficult to come into work every day because of the way you're treated. Well, if it's that situation, you may be able to leave with severance. Again, a constructive dismissal because you're not leaving because you just feel like it. You're leaving because of the situation that's been created at work. That's a constructive dismissal and full severance has to be paid. 1-855-821-5900. one 821 Just a couple of calls coming in here, Lior. We'll see if we can squeeze them in. But uh, outside of the show, help at employmenthour.com. Or again, one 821 And uh, just talking about that situation, Lior, where a change in the terms of employment does occur, how long uh, does somebody uh, have uh, in that type of situation to resign before it's too late? Well, and that's extremely important. If a change is being imposed, if you do it for too long, if you continue working despite the change, you're going to be considered to have accepted it. It could be as little as a couple of weeks, depending on how uh, obvious the change is. So I would say if you go beyond a few weeks in this new role with a new change, you're considered to have accepted it. And at that point, it's too late to say constructive dismissal. Hey, Rob, let's sneak you in here. Rob, uh, what do you have for Lior? Uh, when at my job, I, I got, got a head injury and I had to get stitches. And then they end up uh, the week later after the accident. They laid me off. Did they pay you any severance, Rob? No. Nothing. No severance. Union or no, no union? No union. Well, obviously, uh, if they did that once you've been injured, it, it reminds me of the story I talked about right at the beginning of the show. They yeah, can't let that. you go because you've incurred a workplace injury or because you applied to WSIB or because you're still struggling with your condition. That's illegal. That's arguably a human rights violation, etc. Now, and of course, even aside from that, you'd be owed severance. How long did you work there for, Rob? It was only uh, two and a half months. Okay, even after that, you have entitlements both for severance and for human rights. Now, because we're uh, running out of time on the show, all I can tell you is I want to speak to you off air. Don't sit on this, okay? Let's you and I connect as soon as possible. Call me, email me, let me help you because you're absolutely right. You have entitlements. Rob, you have to give Lior a call, 1 821 5900, an email help at employmenthour.com. Uh, Lior, we're out of time for the night, uh, but uh, people can catch you uh, this weekend. On Employment Hour and 30, TV, Global TV, and CTV, Saturdays and Sundays as well. More information about that, employmenthourtv.ca. On Point with Alex Pearson is next. Global News Radio 640 Toronto, 980 CFPL in London.